Welcome to the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast, where we feature physicians who are redefining the practice of medicine and changing the experience we have as doctors in medicine. We all know the system is broken, but we've decided not to complain about it anymore. We're out to fix it. I'm Dr. Una, your host. I'm a pediatrician and serial entrepreneur, but my passion is helping physicians create the freedom to live life and practice medicine on their terms. This is not just a podcast, it's a movement, a movement of change, and I invite you to be a part of it. Let's jump right in. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast. And I have the amazing Dr. Laura Hultman here. So you are in for a treat. The thing that she does is something that is fixing medicine, is giving doctors a better experience in medicine, is helping doctors in private practice, which we know the challenges that go with that, and is fixing burnout is just amazing. So we're going to kill like 17 birds with one stone. That's what's going to be happening on this episode. So Dr. Lara, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm I'm a little more excited than you, but you know, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. So I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience. You know, I know you're family medicine and all these things, but I think it'll sound so much better coming from you. Sure. So I'm a, uh, Laura Hockman. I'm a family medicine physician and I still practice because I love medicine and I help doctors to do the same. So, you know, at one time I did burn out and I thought that I had left medicine forever. And when I discovered a practice that I really, really loved, I realized that it's not that I didn't love medicine as that I didn't love the system that I was stuck in. And so I help doctors to find practices where they can really enjoy practicing medicine again. I think that a big part of why so many of us are leaving medicine is because medicine has become this whole other beast. And so I help doctors find jobs where they can really enjoy practicing medicine again and be excited to wake up each morning to go to work. Man, sounds like a dream, but you're doing it. And, you know, I've heard from some of your clients. So this is, this is, this is so good. Um, I want to lean into this a little more because you, you, you talked about something that I've thought about. I talk about quite a bit. And that's that a number of people are leaving medicine, not necessarily because they don't like medicine anymore. They may not even know it. They just happen to be in certain systems or jobs that make it really difficult. And so it's almost like they're frustrated out of um, medicine. So talk to us a little bit more about that. My own personal experience was I was just burned out and I didn't love all the paperwork and the charting after hours. And I even went part-time, but I was actually working full-time technically because I was spending all my time charting. And when I left, I thought I felt so pessimistic about medicine. And I just thought that's how medicine is practiced. It's just not fun anymore. And it quite frankly took all the fun out of medicine entirely. And it's what I see a lot. So I get contacted by physicians who um, they actually, some some of them contact me saying, I don't know what I want, but I can't do this anymore. And what I see is that there's this interesting mindset that we get ourselves into. And, and I don't know that I would say mindset, but state of mind where we are so burnt out and so overworked and so unhappy that we don't even know what we do and don't like anymore. And so it takes a little bit of teasing that out and figuring out what it is that we do and don't like. And we see that we actually do love medicine and we do enjoy helping people and we do enjoy 
um, you know, the actual biology is so fascinating. And all this other stuff, the metrics and the charting and all this other stuff just gets in the way of that. And if we can just get back to practicing medicine, we'll love it again. And, and I really believe that's a big way that we can fix the attrition rate of our colleagues. Yeah, nutrition of physicians, that's hard because it's not like you can replace one after training them for a year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. so for you, you you had the job, you got burned out, you you went to part-time, but you were still working full-time hours. And then it seems like you changed jobs. So what changed? Did you no longer need to chart or did you no longer need to do paperwork? What, what was the difference of that new system that made you fall in love with medicine again? You know, it's interesting because I'm very pro-private practice. This was not a private practice. This was a company. And they worked in a very similar model to direct primary care, where I had plenty of time with patients. If I needed longer with the patients, I could just block the next appointment myself. So I had a lot of autonomy. Uh I was told when I started to do what's right for the patient. And, you know, I when I interviewed physicians and they asked the same question and I gave them the same answer of you do what's right for the patient, there's this feeling of disbelief. And But what about this circumstance? And what about that circumstance? And the answer is always you do what's right for the patient. And it's it's kind of sad that, you know, we even have to think about that because that's why we do medicine. We want to do what's right for the patient. So in the system, I did not chart off after hours. When I left at the end of the day, I left. Um, I knew what I was aiming for. I knew what my my goals of how I was being graded essentially are, which I didn't disagree with. They were, you know, getting people on blood pressure medicine that high, had high blood pressure or giving vaccines to people, you know, and, and in a realistic way that wasn't, you know, we need to vaccinate everyone when realistically not everyone is going to get a vaccine and then your numbers are just messed up. Um, my salary did not depend on how many patients I saw. Um, my salary did not depend on my patient reviews. Um, and I got reviewed and, um, you know, when I would get a bad review for not giving antibiotics for a virus or whatever it was, how dare um, you? you know, I know, do what's right for the patient. Um, you know, I certainly got calls from my supervisors, but they were like, yeah, it happens. Like the exception proves the rule. You're a great doctor. So a lot of it was being in a supportive environment. A lot of it was, um, you know, practicing medicine the way I really went into medicine to practice. All right. So autonomy, support, the ability to practice medicine on your terms. That's really good. Really yeah. good. Okay, now this was so you, you, so you had the the burnout situation. You had the practice that was a, difficult to work in. You had this new practice. So what makes a family doctor who's in a practice she loves not being burned out or anything like that? What what makes you decide now I'm going to start this whole new venture and I'm on a mission to help doctors find jobs they love? Like you had fixed your problem, so why did you need to go take on this Herculean thing? Oh, goodness. I ask myself that every day. (laughs) Um, You know, I think just a part of my personality is that if there's a problem and I feel like I can see a solution, I can't just sit back and not do anything. Um, So that's a big part of it. I am not an entrepreneur at heart. I'm not one of those people who always wanted to start a business, but I saw a problem and a solution and um, I couldn't just not do it. So 
I came upon the solution because I just fell into doing it anyway, because I loved that company. I did recruit physicians to join me in that company. And I saw them going from super burned out to really happy. You know, it was extremely rewarding. And, and the more I saw my colleagues who were burned out, or the more I interviewed physicians to join the practice and could only hire one. And everyone was saying the same thing about, I just feel like another number. I don't have autonomy. I, you know, I'm burned out. I need something different. Um, I, it was frustrating that I couldn't hire all of them. And so here I am. I'm doing my best to hire all of them. <laughs> if I can hire all of them, I'll place all of them. I'll, I'll yeah, just absolutely. hire them some other way. I love it. Love it. And, you know, you say something that I think, you know, as doctors, we should pay attention to is like, I don't, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur at heart, but when I see a problem, I want to fix it. A lot of doctors are like that, right? That's how, why we went into medicine in the first place. You don't go into the medicine if you don't want to fix problems, that's what it's all about. And that's why I think that doctors were uniquely gifted positioned to be entrepreneurs, even if we don't feel like we are, but you know, we can learn those skills just like you have. So that is so good. So let's say I'm a, I'm a doctor and I start talking to you about this practice that I'm interviewing with and I'm telling you different things about it. And then you have all these bells going off and red flags. You're like, oh my goodness, I like I hope she does it. I hope Dr. Una doesn't go to work for that practice. What are those things that would be red flags to you? And maybe other physicians won't really pay attention, but to you, you're like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't don't do it. And and I do have to tread lightly here when I'm speaking with the physicians because um you know, they may have their minds set one way. Some of the red flags I see are a lot of turnover, a lot of physicians leaving. So that would be a big one. Um, and definitely something doctors should ask about is why is the position available? A red flag would be, you know, on my end, if I know that they've hired 20, they've interviewed 20 doctors and haven't chosen someone, there's, there's a reason why. A red flag is often if they don't let you speak to the other people in the practice or, you know, one that came up recently was a physician told me he was interviewing somewhere and everyone just politely said, yeah, we have a lot of patients. There's a lot to do here. And everyone, you know, so red flags are when everyone's saying the same thing, maybe in a polite way, you need to really, really think about it. And another red flag that people may not notice is when you're asking about the practice and they're not saying, we love it here. We're a family. We take care of each other or whatever great thing it is. If they say things like, yeah, you know, it's okay. It's a job. It's fine. You know, so a, a big red flag, I would say, is if people don't say a lot of positive things. Okay. Those will be things to to look out for. I love it. Hope you heard it. I never quite heard of, I never thought it was possible that you won't get to talk to anybody else in the practice. That's it happens. That's very fascinating. Wow. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's interesting. <laughs> So finally, you, you, I listen to you, okay, and I don't go with this practice, and I meet another practice, and you know the people are saying great things, and I got to talk to a lot of the people, and and I was like, I think this will be a good fit. I think, yeah, I think this is spot on, just like Dr. Lara was talking about, and they give me a contract, okay, and then I'm looking at the contract, I'm telling you the things that are in the contract, and again, all these bells go off, red flags are showing up, and I'm. You know, I'm like, why is she, why is she bent up? Why is she worried about this stuff? Right. So what would be those things that in your experience you've seen on, in contracts that maybe are commonly there? Doctors don't pay attention to them, especially if they're just coming out of residency and they sign these things that you know on the other end are going to be, it's just going to be a disaster. Well, what are some of those things? There's two that I believe are the very, very biggest. The 
biggest one is not necessarily about the contract itself, but how the practice deals with the contract. So if you're pushing back and they do not budge, that's probably what they're going to be like as an employer. So when you're in the interview process, your employer is trying to put their best foot forwards because they want you to join them. If you are negotiating a contract and the answer is just a flat out no, regardless of what's in the contract, if it's, no, this is a standard contract, we give this to all of our doctors, everyone else signed it, so you should too, that is probably the biggest red flag because if they do not move with anything in the contract, they will not move with anything you request or need as a physician. And they know you, they've got you. The next big one is the non-compete or restrictive covenant. So this is where doctors will get completely stuck and they sign these contracts because they feel they don't have enough, a, any other choice or, you know, they were just told, well, we have to sign it. So we signed it. And I strongly believe that these are in our contracts and are as large as they are because they know that we won't push them out and we know that we won't push back. So they can just say that. And if we say, no, no big deal, they just move on to the next doctor. They have these, you know, some of these systems can put very large dollars behind finding doctors. And so if you want to sign their non-compete, no big deal. Uh, but this one is so big because if you are unhappy in this practice and you want to leave, a lot of times you can't leave without moving your family or without maybe doing locum tenens outside of the city or state until your your restrictive covenant period is over. And this is something I see over and over and over again. Um, and it's, it's just huge because then people get stuck. And even if they're happy in their jobs um, and love their jobs, they may be happy and love it today, but who knows what will happen next year, five years from now, 10 years from now. So this is something we have to be protecting ourselves for is the restrictive covenant. And the more of us that push back, uh, the more wiggle room I believe we'll have in the future. And then the other one that I see is the intellectual property clause. So I um, am, you know, I'm the perfect example of why this is so important. I never wanted to start a business. I never wanted to be a business person. I was just a doctor with no other skills. And here I am. I started a business and I'm teaching myself all these cool skills. And now for a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast is sponsored by the EntreMD Business School. We didn't get any business education during our medical training. And this school fixes that. It is the only school of its kind that helps physicians become thriving entrepreneurs who make money, have impact and have time for the things that matter. You will get the coaching, accountability, and community you need to be successful. To find out more and to save your spot, go to entremdbusinessschool.com. And now for the rest of the episode. You know, when I had a contract that had this intellectual property clause in it that I did not sign, you know, I had the foresight to realize things could change. And even though in my deep down heart and soul, I had less than 0% interest in starting a business, but they wouldn't negotiate this with me. Whether, you know, I tried to push back as far as, you know, having the contract say um, anything that I do outside of their time, not on their equipment, not on their location belongs to me. They wouldn't even agree to that. And I, I don't believe that they should own the other 16 hours of our day. What I do for them is, so long as it 
doesn't compete. I don't see why that has anything to do with anything else. And, um, you know, this contract in particular said, and I agree to the policies and procedures that may change from time to time. Wow. So, you know, read your contract. Don't sign anything that seems completely ridiculous. And for sure, have a medical contract lawyer review it because that's another thing that I've seen doctors get stuck on is they have family members or friends that are other types of lawyers review their contracts. And then, um, you know, one of these things inevitably comes up and they get um, stuck. Oh, well, yeah. I heard how deliberately you said a medical contract lawyer. That's what you said, right? Yes. A medical contract lawyer. I was like, oh, I, I see where you went with that. So not Cousin Joe, who's a criminal attorney. No. Okay. Nope. All nope. right. Won't do that then. You you did say something that, you know, I hope nobody missed. So I just want to pull that out again. And that's like, I was not thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. So you could have easily just signed, like, well, I'll sign the, the contract with the IP clause because it doesn't matter to me. I don't have any intellectual property. I don't, I'm not going to open a business and all of that. But it's really important to sign the contract for you two years from now, right? Like if you're signing a contract with a two-year term, then you're signing it for, for that version of you, not just this version of you, right? Because that version of you may have, you know, started a podcast, you have 500,000 downloads and you're like, my podcast and the institution is like, whose podcast? <laughs> That's our podcast, right? Yeah. And you don't want to be in that position. So even if you're not thinking, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to move. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave this job, so I'll just sign it with the non-compete, or I'm I'm not gonna start a business, so I'm gonna sign it with the intellectual property clause and all that. Just remember, like Dr. Lara said, that things could change, right? So, Dr. Lara, we we are, you know, at the time of this recording, we're living in a very interesting time for medicine and you know, for doctors in medicine and if you go in Facebook groups, it's a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stuck. I hate my job. When I think about Monday, I start having palpitations and all of those kind of things. But you have this whole outlook of, I want to fall in love with medicine again. I want to get you a job that I love. And so is this real? Like, it, have you, have you gotten anybody a job like this? What did they say? Like, you know what I mean? Like, tell us about it. Because it sounds like an alternate reality. We want to know if it's real. I know. Well, when I started, I was like, I think I can do this. I think, I think we can make this work. And it's been very, very cool to see it all in action. Um, yes. So I have had this. It was doctors who didn't have time with their families or, you know, were totally burned out and were considering doing something entirely outside of medicine. And, you know, one of the physicians that I've been speaking with and, you know, really actually he reached out to me while he was still even deciding if he wanted to go into something else. And we talked over it and he ended up deciding, yes, he wants to do this and he wants to um, interview at a practice that is super fun and will probably end up joining. But he said, you changed my life. You know, I, my life would be looking entirely different if you and I didn't speak. And so, you know, this was someone who only knew academic medicine and only know, knew big hospital medicine. And he discovered a private practice that is supportive of him as a physician that is willing to support him and his growth. In the interview, he said, yeah, which maybe he shouldn't have said, but <laughs> he did. And it turned out great. He said, you know, in 10 years time, I'd love to open my own practice. And the answer to that was, 
well, I hope by then you're a partner and you own a part of our practice and you won't feel like you need to start your own because you'll be a part of ours. And so, you know, I have a few different instances like this where it was doctors just discovering what else is out there. A lot of, especially the younger doctors don't actually even know what private practice is about or don't know what it's like to practice medicine without all of these, you know, silly metrics and all these un unrealistic expectations that are on us. You changed my life. Those are magic words every entrepreneur wants to hear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. So I'm going to let you leave one word. Well, when I say word, I mean like a sentence or something to, to someone who is either just graduating and they're about to get into the workforce or somebody who maybe they did their first job and all of that. And they, you know, a little disillusioned because it's like, yeah, this didn't quite play out the way I wanted it to play. And they're now looking for that second job. Well, what would you say to that doc, especially if they're burned out and feel stuck and don't have autonomy and, you know, just have a bitter taste in their mouth about all things medicine? Yeah, it gets better. I would say to that person, it gets better. And if you're burned out and miserable in your current job, which probably means you're not so happy outside of your job too, not only does it get better, but think about what it is about your current position that you don't like. It is very difficult to really think through this when you're in the weeds and you're in the thick of it. But if you can just sit down even for half an hour or go for a walk or something and just take note of what is it that I don't like? Is it that... I have to, you know, I'm double, triple booking patients. I'm doing admin work after my kids go to bed and on vacation. Is it that I've had dangerous patients and I'm not able to fire them and I've had to evacuate the entire building because of this patient that I tried to fire twice um, and admin wouldn't let me, which is a true story. You know, there's all those things and think about what it is that you don't like and then you can reverse engineer the practice that you're looking for to be different. And if you're looking for something else, don't go for the same environment. If you're in a big hospital system and you don't like it, try something different. Maybe try a smaller system, a private practice, an FQHC, anything else, but try something different and really keep an open mind about what's out there. Um, and you know, not to say that hospital systems are bad, some are wonderful, um, but think about what you can do differently and and get in touch with me. I'll help you find that place. Love it. I love it. And, and you know, so this does take a certain level of um, uh, maturity, I guess is the word, where, because you can have like, oh, this all sucks. It just sucks. I hate my life. Or you can really sit like you're saying and say, okay, what is it that I don't like, right? Why don't I like that, you know? And dig deep so that you don't, have the same experience twice, right? You can clearly articulate what it is about this that you don't like and what you would like instead and all of that stuff so you can make a great decision the second the second time around. All right. Now, people are like, Dr. Una, this is really fascinating, but where can we find Dr. Huckman? Where can people find you? My website is www.happydayhealth.co. Um, there's a contact form on there. You're welcome to reach out to me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Laura Hockman, MD. I live on LinkedIn, so you're welcome to message me there too. And if you're curious to watch my YouTube videos, uh, my channel is Happy Day Health by Laura Hockman, MD. And I try to put a lot of helpful content out there. And if you have anything you want to watch, I'd be happy to make a video for that too. 
Oh, look at that. You can make requests on LinkedIn for videos you want people. That's exactly what she said. All right. So when I interview people on the Doctors um, Changing Medicine podcast, I would typically ask this question. You know, this is not, you know, just a podcast. This is a movement. It's a movement of change. And I just love featuring doctors who are doing things to change the experiences that doctors are having in medicine, you know? And so I tell them, you know, there's a million of us. If we don't like this, we can change this. Um, so don't keep this to yourself. Share the episode with another doctor. That's how the movement spreads. So what would you say is the reason why the doctors listening right now need to share this episode with the doctors in their lives? Share this episode because we need to do something different. We as a collective group of physicians, we need to take charge and take back medicine. And so, you know, share this to see that there are plenty of us that are changing it, that things are getting better and we can all do our part. It doesn't have to be something gigantic like Dr. Una is doing or like, you know, starting a whole new company like I'm doing. It can just be pushing on your contract, pushing back on your contract. It could be, you know, standing up for yourself to perhaps an employer that's putting you in dangerous situations. So share this so that doctors can know that there's something better and that um, there's always something different in a good way. Love it. Okay, people, is getting better. And I, I, I love that line because, you know, sometimes when we're in the weeds, we don't see that it is, but it is. Doctors are rising. The Calvary's here. We are the Calvary. And we, we're like, we are changing this. And we are. So Dr. Lara, thank you so much for what you do. I truly appreciate it that you are setting the stage for doctors to fall in love with medicine again and, you know, decrease the attrition. Now, some people, you know, it's their thing. They've, you know, they've wanted to leave. They wanted to practice for X number of years and leave, but we don't want doctors frustrated out of medicine, right? You love medicine. You want to continue practicing. We want you to be in a position where you can do that, enjoy it, um, you know, find meaning in it, have a lot of impacts with it and generate income while you do it, you know, have that financial stability. So I truly appreciate what you do. You are, you know, a big part of the Calvary medicine. And, you know, I, I just love it. I can't wait to continue to watch you thrive. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, people, go find her, follow her on LinkedIn, um, watch her videos. She has a beautiful personality and she has some really funny TikTok videos too. So <laughs> you can go find those too. All right. And don't forget to share this episode and I'll see you on another episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now, this is too good for you to keep to yourself. So I want you to do three things. Number one, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Number two, share this episode with all the doctors in your life. Number three, share it on social media. Until next time, remember, you are a huge part of a movement changing medicine, one podcast episode at a time.